You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's an exciting day for us uh, in adding Liam. We feel like we've added another premium piece here to our growing core and we're very excited for what it means for our pitching staff going forward it's like maybe they want a high fastball and he got it 98 miles an hour and castro strikes out and that's the ball game one two on morland and he chases the high fastball hendricks finishes off the ninth inning high fastball swing and a miss 98 miles an hour again obviously it's a major economic investment and it's something that makes a strength stronger but it is still nonetheless a very important one for us to take given how high our aspirations are for this season and ideally to play and win deep into October. My mindset is going to be making sure that deal looks like a bargain. That's the same mindset I took into 2020 was, you don't think I can repeat this? Watch me. Same thing. You don't think I'm worth this? Watch me. I'm going to make this thing look like a bargain and we're all going to be laughing the way. Strike three called. Maldonado thought he had a walk. It's me versus him. There's no number. I don't care who's in the box. I'm going to beat that guy in that specific at-bat. I know I'm better than him. I always put it like I'm an egotistical narcissist on the mound when I pitch. Off the field, I feel like I'm relatively humble. I mean, probably not. Well, Liam Hendricks liked it right out of the hand, and he knew it. He's going to take a walk around the mound, going to dig himself. If you have a legitimate closer, it has an effect on your opponents knowing that the game is has gotten short. Reddick strikes out and Hendricks out of a major jam. I want to win a ring. That's the big thing I want. I want to win a ring. Everything else comes second to that. And the White Sox have won the World Series. The Danny Parkin Show on 670 The Score. With Cody Decker in on the Danny Parkin Show, thrilled to welcome on the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park, an egotistical narcissist who... Off the field, he thinks he's humble, but maybe not. One of my favorite athlete quotes I've ever heard, Liam Hendricks on the score. Liam, what's up, man? Thanks for the time. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Welcome to Chicago. Heard you were house hunting a little bit earlier today. How's it going so far? Yeah, it's not too bad. Walking around uh, downtown, it's uh, it's nice. We want to be downtown. Like We've been in Oakland the last couple of years where there's nothing really to, to walk around to where we, where we were staying, so we want to be uh, – Somewhere, especially close to downtown, where we can walk around, go to a restaurant. My wife can uh, walk around while I'm not on the when I'm not on at home while I'm on the road. She can go and and get some dinner with friends or when everything opens up, obviously, and go shopping and stuff like that. So we're excited to be in a in a city, especially a city that's uh, as sports crazy as Chicago. Yeah, you picked, uh, in my opinion, very biased opinion, the greatest city in the world. So good luck with finding a spot to live uh, from a baseball perspective. I mean, Sox fans are thrilled, obviously. There's high expectations. But why would you choose the White Sox? Uh, I mean, look at their roster. Uh, you look at their roster. I mean, you, it's, it seems like a no-brainer once you look at the guys that are here and how long they're here for as well. Like, I didn't want to be part of a team that all of a sudden had a window that was either a few years away or at the point of closing and they only have a couple more years left. So this is a team that's that's primed and ready to go for the next four, five, six years, and I'm just happy to be part of it. 
Liam, uh, Cody Decker here. I got to say, I'm so excited for you to join the Sox. Like you said, look at that roster. It's going to be a blast to watch you play over there. You have given some of the best interviews that I've heard in baseball for the last couple of years. And, you know, coming with your background specifically, Australian pitcher, I played with about 15 different Aussies, every one of them crazier than the last one. But you also had a very unique career path in that you've been DFA'd a few times. I've, I was I only had the luxury of being DFA'd once. But normally when someone gets DFA'd, not necessarily like a death net, death sentence, but you have been able to battle back to becoming the premier closer in baseball. Tell us a little bit about that process that led you to this position that you're in right now. Yeah, so let's start off by saying let's not judge me by the rest of the Australians that you've met because um, <laughs> I, did a, I did a thing with uh, Ryan Roland-Smith, Grant Bell from Peter Moreland, and we were just talking, and all of a sudden we're like, look, anytime someone brings up that you're Australian, you're like, ah, oh, no, don't, please don't say that name. Please don't say this guy. Please don't associate me with those guys. And we all have the same, same exact expression of the way that it went down. We're like, no, 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 we need to separate ourselves from some of the people that have come over because we do have the reputation of being somewhat crazy. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, obviously I've been, uh, DFA'd five times, um, by the twins. I was actually with the Cubs for about 10 days in one off season. So this is my second stint in Chicago. Uh, it was during the off season. So I never actually came here, but still it's the point. Uh, so I was with the yeah, twins, Cubs, Orioles, Royals, A's are the teams that I've been DFA'd by. So this is, uh, this is fun. So I get to go against a couple of teams I've been DFA'd by in the past, but, the biggest one for me is like I've, the first four I got claimed. Um, so the first four that was like it, it didn't really change me that much. But the last one with the A's was the uh, the eye opener where it was all of a sudden it's like oh this may be the end for me. I don't know what's going to happen after this. This may be it in baseball, especially Major League Baseball for me. I don't know what the next step is. Luckily, I was able to go down there and kind of find myself a little bit by it was it was that kind of taking away the 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 fact that I thought everything was just going to be given to me that it was a it was a right it was kind of um, I didn't think, I didn't see it as a as a privilege I saw it as something that was just going to be given to me and when I went down it was like no 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 nothing is just given to you you need to earn absolutely everything you've got and that's why like on the Zoom calls I've done today and in the past I've always said like I'm not the closer I need to earn that closer's role and that's that's what I need to do there's no ifs and buts about it you don't just get given things you need to earn absolutely everything you get and that's the way you remain hungry and eager and and kind of wanting to get out there and do everything you can to win that role every time it's so funny you mentioned uh, Peter Moylan because right when I found out we were interviewing today, the first person I called was Peter Moylan. And he first thing, <laughs> very first thing he said was, oh, no, my, he's, he's sane. <laughs> yeah, I love Moylan. Moylan's the best. Um, I've only, I only have very brief interactions with Moylan until recently because of uh, guys that I play with that have played with him that we've connected through that. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's one of the good ones. Like, you get him and Balf and Ryan and Smith, all those guys have – Yes, they're crazy. Yes, they've had crazy pasts and everything like that, but they get they get it. They get the fact that they can be crazy and still effective. They can be crazy and still work hard. They can be crazy and still do the things. They've got their limits of when they show, almost when they show the crazy and almost when they are able to kind of subdue it enough to get the job done. And that's just a, that's one of the part and parts of the, the way that I've been trying to live the last few years especially. Liam, what did you think of Dex's uh, Australian accent impression there? How do you do? Uh, I mean, it's not the worst I've heard. You haven't um, let me do enough of it. You haven't let American me do enough. <laughs> Wait, can, you can impersonate an American? Let's hear that. Oh, I, I can, but it's very poorly. That was perfect. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
That was like Dave Chappelle's so white I, guy. I like some, some my 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 in laws uh, Midwestern is like uh, Ohio ish, so they say roof and crick and and all that stuff. So I make fun of them a lot. Um, and then my wife can I when she has a couple of drinks, the, the Canadian comes out, so you get a lot of A's and uh, oh, don't you knows and all that fun stuff. So it's uh, I I like to impersonate accent, but I don't want to do it too much because you know how it is the old wives' tale where the wind changes, you're going to get stuck with that accent. So I need to try and remain Australian as much as I can. Well, you said you try to distance yourself from the reputation of crazy, but like, is it earned? Like, give me give me the background on why that reputation exists. Oh, let's be honest. I mean, you you've seen the way, I, especially the way I pitched last year. Like, I'm going to be yelling, I'm going to be screaming, I'm going to be doing all this. But off the field, I just tend to be a little less obnoxious, a little more joking around and jovial. And then on the field, I'm just. Yeah, just crazy, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it's, I call it white line fever. I've got two different, per- I have split personality on the mound. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm nice and joking around and stuff off the field. And then as soon as I get on the mound, I want to kind of go out there and, and embarrass the other teams, can, like, embarrass them so much they don't want to go home anymore. Has that, that ever been a problem for you? Uh, sometimes it comes back to bite me. Like, there's been a couple times where I've been, yelling and doing the normal thing and then it's not my best outing so then the other team starts getting chippy especially in 2020 it tends to uh you can hear a lot more this year or last year so it's uh it was one of those things where those times where i'm yelling at their dugout and then they get a hit so they're yelling back at me and it just fuels the fire and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's just the way i've come to being able to kind of almost unravel myself is the fact that like I need to almost pretend to be a tennis player and just yell on everything just to make sure that I get everything out so that nothing's contained you know it's funny I I I made some calls I mentioned I called Peter Moylan I even called one of your new teammates Lucas Giolito because I wanted to get a little information on you (laughs) so I could chat with you and Lucas just loves you he can't wait to be share the field with you but I I just think um you know, I've only come across for you one time. I think it was 2017. I think you were in Nashville at the time, and I was stuck in Vegas. But the the thing about it, you, that's very interesting, I don't think the, a whole lot of people in Chicago know yet, off the field, one of your big passions apparently is animal rescue. How did you get? How did you and your wife get into that? Yeah, so I had animals as a kid. My wife actually grew up in Ohio where she had horses and donkeys and, like, yeah, everything, any, all that sort of stuff. She did, uh, she did 4-H and stuff, so she's had that kind of animal passion for a while. I grew up, I had a cat when I was four. I had a dog. My sister got a dog later on. And it was something that we just had, I'd always loved animals. I'd always loved being around animals. And when we got the opportunity, we just decided to get into the animal rescue realm of things. And one of our big rescues is actually in Chicago called Players for Pits. They deal with uh, with a lot of people uh, stuff and it's just it's it's just such a cool vibe that we're able to kind of help out and do what we can but yeah we've dealt with tony larus's animal rescue foundation out in the bay area uh we've done stuff in florida with the cape coral humane society we've done things around there but this is just something that we we have a passion for we have a bunch of but we call them our kids now so we have a bunch of kids now that uh that roam around the house and and do all this, and it's just something that we uh, we both have that kind of drew passion towards, and we want to make sure we do everything we can that uh, to help out any animals in need. That's so great. We've got new White Sox closer Liam Hendricks with us on the score, and I was reading you've been a two-time nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. Like, what what do you trace all of your different philanthropic interests to? Like, where do you get that philanthropic spirit? Yeah, I mean, so we do animal rescue, which just. Uh, Pure to our, go, our love for animals. Um, we've been doing a strikeout bullying campaign, which goes to both my wife and I's dealings with bullying coming through school and 
and all that. So it's just it's usually based upon just life experiences. Like we, well, I was bullied as a kid because I was not. I like to call myself an in-betweener. Like I wasn't part of the cool kids, but I refused to accept the part of me being part of anything else. And so I just was always on the outside and never kind of fit in. And uh, and then we've taken that, especially with the pandemic, cyberbullying is such a big thing these days. And so we want to make sure that the, the awareness is around that. And we, uh, we go out and teach the kids of like, no, look, it does like this stuff happens, but it doesn't demean you. It doesn't do anything. You can survive this. I've survived this. We've gone through and we've, we've come at the other side of the tunnel uh, above this and they're the, the ones who end up bullying you are going to be the ones who end up not moving for, for like forward in life because they're the ones who all of a sudden they peak and they struggle because they don't know how to do anything without kind of demeaning other people but uh yeah the biggest thing is is for me it's it's one of those things where we want to make sure we leave the game a better place than when we found it and our my biggest platform is always going to be off the field it's something that we can do and and push forward and it's something that we actually enjoy and actively enjoy doing and actually having a hands on the ground kind of feel rather than just throwing money at an event or anything like that. We want to actually uh, be a part of the, the planning and be a part of the, like boots on the ground sort of stuff. It's just, we actually like actively being involved. That's very, very cool. Uh, and I should have followed up. You mentioned Tony LaRusso's foundation that you had been a part of. Like what, what is your relationship with him? And was that connection a factor or a big factor in you coming to Chicago? Uh, yeah, obviously the connection between me and Tony. It's uh, we've done work with him in uh, in the animal rescue realm, and then being with Oakland, he would come down and and he knows everybody's still there, so we'd have conversations then. But to me, the biggest thing is the fact that he's the old school manager that's going to let me play. Uh, that's the biggest thing. It's like I want to pitch as much as I can. I want to get into as many games as I can. You're gonna have to pry the pry the ball out of my hands and. I'm I'm going to be available every day. Like it, I had the same mentality in Oakland last year. I will never say I'm down. So you give me the ball whenever I'm whenever I'm available. If you want me to, if you say I need a day, I'm not going to say no or anything like that. But I want the ball every single day, and I want to make sure I get into as many games as possible. And and hopefully this with this team, I have no doubt that we're going to be we're going to be winning a lot of games this year. I I couldn't agree with you more. But also on top of that, you mentioned the names that, you know, look at that lineup, look at that starting staff, and you're a great, unbelievable piece to be added to it. What do you, what, who are you most excited to work with on that field? Is it Yasmani Grandal? Is it some of the other pitchers like Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito? Or is it something else completely non-related to that? I mean, I think you can take a bit from everybody. Obviously, if I could pick uh, Gio's brain about his changeup, uh, his mentality behind throwing it, because obviously changeups is one of the things that I've really tried to work on that just hasn't worked out at all. Uh, I'm excited about working with Yaz because of, one, his defensive skills and defensive prowess back there by the way he's able to frame and call a game and things like that. But one of the big things I'm interested in is the way Tim Anderson plays the game and the way he shows his emotion because I feel like I'm similar in that regard on the mound where it's I don't have a bat to flip and I can't just throw my glove in the air after every strikeout. It's weird. So I just something <laughs> along those lines of being able to kind of talk to him and get his mentality. And, and obviously he lives in the city. So it's like, and then we can get something going to do some things off the field together and have that kind of partnership going. But I'm just excited about learning from learning from some of the guys in the bullpen, learning from some of the guys in the rotation. And it's an exciting time for me. This is a, this is a brand new chapter of my wife and I's life. And, we're excited to be a part of the black and white because let's be honest, black slimming. And I kind of, I kind of like that. <laughs> and I, and I like the, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the South slider, good nickname. Yep. So I like that one. The South slider kind of just, it, it fits well. I mean, it's Australia that the Australian baseball team is called the Southern Thunder. So South slider just kind of mixes in with that. 
So just another couple of minutes here with Liam Hendricks on the score. You mentioned the White Sox lineup. You obviously went against them last year and in the postseason. Who's the toughest out in the White Sox lineup for you? Uh, well, I've never gotten Eaton or Grandal out before, so there's that. Uh, they're a combined, I think, seven for seven off me, I believe, something along those lines. Uh, then you get Damn. Tim Anderson, who I feel like he never gets out anyway. And then uh, Jose Abreu, I've faced multiple times. where I've, I feel like I've had decent success against him, but I couldn't tell you because every at-bat just feels like it's an absolute grind. Um, Moncada seems to get me every time I face him as well. I've got him a couple times that I can recall, but it's yeah, everyone in this lineup. I, I'm very happy I don't have to face anybody in this lineup again, which is uh, which is a good thing. But I mean, the good thing about this team is you look at what they do. Uh, they do offensively, and they do everything defensively just as well, which is an exciting thing. You don't find those guys around there too often that actually take pride in their defense as much as their offense, and that's uh, that's the thing that this team is as kind of almost thrown to the forefront of making sure that the guys take care of both sides of the ball, which to a pitcher's ears is fantastic. And then we played a cut from uh, the the feature that Trevor Bauer's production company put together about you. White Sox fans want him too. Can you bring him into the South side? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I can reach out, but that's uh, I think that's a little bit out of my domain. I think you're going to have to talk to Rick and Jerry about that one. I mean, First politician I, answer from Liam Hendricks. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> on top of on top of that, all right. Let's get a non-politician answer. What team are you looking most forward to beating this year? Uh, I mean, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say the Cubs, right? I mean, one, they got rid of me. Two, we've got the relationship. I don't like being part of the, like I love being part of the underdog group. I just did six years of it with the A's against the Giants. So every time you get a chance to beat that crosstown rival, that's the one you got to go to. So I'm gonna lock in uh, lock in a Cubs. Love and it. I got to tell you, as as a Cubs fan, Liam, Cubs are the underdogs against the White Sox. You guys are much better <laughs> than, than the team on the north side right now. Much better. It's very uncomfortable uh. for me. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, nah, we're, man, I'm just excited about being a part of the group, and uh, and hopefully we can get. I'm excited about getting to spring training, and actually getting to talk to these guys and and converse and see what see what it's all about and. Now, if, if Crochet's in the bullpen, I've got a I've got a measuring stick to try and beat uh, velocity wise. So there's there's always that. So we're you got to push each other. Well, I got to say on on my end, Liam, I'm so excited to have you in Chicago. The fans there are going to be beyond lucky to have you, and this is going to be one hell of a season on the South Side. I think uh, you're going to play the one of the biggest roles possible. I I appreciate that. I mean, hopefully that's the plan, but uh, we'll go out there. And if I play a little bit on the larger scheme of things of us winning, that's all that matters. Liam, great stuff, man. Don't be a stranger to the show. White Sox fans are texting in and get, sending us messages right now that they love it, and they're very excited to have you in Chicago. So welcome, and thank you for the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Liam Hendricks, the new closer of the Chicago White Sox. Uh... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.